Radio 81 WEDO and TubeCityOnline.com, this is Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a weekly series of interviews with people making news around the McKeesport area. Produced by Tube City Community Media Incorporated, a nonprofit corporation. I'm Jason Toger, the Executive Director. On this show, we talk one-on-one with elected officials, community leaders, and others who are trying to make a difference in the Monioc area. And we also take your questions and comments on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. And good morning from Radio 81, WEDO, and TubeCityOnline.com. Underage drinking, uh, and you'll have to excuse me, folks, this week I have a bit of a sore throat, but underage drinking... I think there is a perception sometimes that it is uh, something that is harmless kid stuff or it is uh, a coming of age thing uh, or perhaps is a victimless crime. But a new report out from the Pennsylvania Liquor Control Board uh, releases some, I don't want to use the word sobering statistics, but some some fairly serious numbers here that uh, are, are a little bit alarming. Using data collected from what's called the Pennsylvania Youth Survey, and we'll ask about that in a minute with our two guests who are on the hotline right now. Nearly 75% of Pennsylvania high school seniors report having used alcohol in their lifetime. There are reports, according to this survey, that students as low as uh, sixth grade uh, report having alcohol in the last 60 days. And that's fairly consistent throughout our listening area in the Mon Valley. Our guests this week on Radio 81, WEDL, and TubeCityOnline.com are Bethany Gardner. She is director for the Bureau of Alcohol Education at the Pennsylvania Liquor Control Board. Good morning, Bethany. Good morning. She joins us from Harrisburg. And Ken Healy, he is an alcohol education specialist at the Bureau of Alcohol Education at the PLCB. Good morning, Ken. Good morning. Uh, Ken, where are you located at? I'm in Altoona, Pennsylvania. Okay. Let's talk about, first of all, this is called an Act 85 report. Uh, Bethany, I wonder if you could explain to us exactly uh, what is an Act 85 report. Certainly. Um, Beginning in 2007, the Liquor Control Board has been required to prepare a biennial report on underage and high-risk drinking in our Commonwealth. We have prepared, this is our fifth report this year. And this this goes out to, uh, this is compiled with data uh, it seems most relevantly to our discussion from the Pennsylvania Youth Survey, and that is a survey of middle schools and high schools? Yeah. Okay. Um, it should be pointed out that not all school districts participate in this survey, I noticed. Uh, Pittsburgh School District in our area being one of the big notable exceptions, and I believe the Philadelphia School District also did not participate. You are correct. But but there is um, pretty comprehensive data for most of Pennsylvania's 67 counties. Uh, f- from looking at this report, in Allegheny County, um, you're estimating more than 68% of uh, Pennsylvania 10th graders have had alcohol in the last 30 days. And we're not talking about a sip of wine at a celebration or a sip of champagne on New Year's Eve. What are we talking about? We're talking about an instance of drinking, that they were actually socially drinking. So, 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 and, and, and where are they doing this drinking? Do you have information? I mean, they're, they're um, in their parents' basement. They're out in the woods. They're, where, where are kids going to drink? I'm, I'm not sure that our, that our data shows okay. all of that. It just shows that they are drinking. We know that they're often getting the alcohol um, from their peers, from family members, or from their home. And this, this is drinking then, in, in many cases, to get drunk, Correct. I mean, because See, that's, we are seeing that binge rates that although youth drink less, when they do, they drink heavy. 
they drink less, but when they do, they drink heavy. Let me read some of the bullet points here uh, in the report. Uh, I mentioned nearly 75% of Pennsylvania high school seniors report having used alcohol in their lifetime compared to 68% nationwide. Less than half of Pennsylvania students whose families have clear rules about the use of alcohol have consumed alcohol. Um, More than half of Pennsylvania college students believe the social atmosphere of their campuses promotes alcohol use. Now, I I guess a lot of people are going to think, well, you know, kids get to college and they're in an environment, they're on their own, 18 to 21, they're underage and they're drinking. But one of the things that jumps out to me in this report, and Ken, this is, I think, where I want to bring you in. um, You mentioned that in the report that middle school uh, students are really where you're trying to reach people, uh, uh, young people with alcohol education. Is that correct, Ken? Yeah, th- that's correct. The, uh, if you look at the research, the average age of first use of alcohol uh, by uh, an individual is around age 12. And usually they've been thinking for two to three years prior to that about whether they're going to try alcohol or not. So, yeah, you have the middle school students that are consuming alcohol. Uh, then when they get to college, uh, whether they were drinking alcohol or if they uh, or, or were not drinking alcohol, you get what seems to be the so-called college effect, where uh, they start using alcohol because the perceptions are that everyone is drinking uh, uh, that's going to college. And so they want to be able to fit in. They want to feel normal. And so they're going to start consuming more than they, they would or start drinking if they were not drinking prior to that time. And what the research and surveys point out also is that most college students, uh, again, regardless of whether they're over 21 or under 21, if they are using alcohol, are using at a relatively low risk level. In other words, four, fewer, or no drinks at all. But the perception is that everyone is drinking much, much more than that. Is it kind of a macho thing, Ken, that they feel that they have to drink until they're falling down or getting sick or something? that uh, they, they need to, to consume in a way that their friends are consuming. So, again, it's that perception factor. And if they believe that their, their friends and, and their, their fellow classmates, when they go out, are consuming eight or ten beers uh, at, at the party, then that's what they're going to try to do because they want to fit in with, with their friends. Our guest this morning on Radio 81, WEDO, and TubeCityOnline.com are Ken Healy. He is an alcohol education specialist for uh, the western and central regions of Pennsylvania at the Bureau of Alcohol Education at the Pennsylvania Liquor Control Board. Also on the line with us this morning is Bethany Gardner. She is the director of the Bureau of Alcohol Education at the Pennsylvania Liquor Control Board. Is there an easy uh, website, uh, Beth or Ken, that, that people can go for more information? Absolutely. lcb.state.pa.us is our website. Once you get there, it's the Liquor Control Board's Look for Alcohol Education. And then from our link there, you can access all of our materials. You can access the Act 85 report in full. You can also access um, uh, many of our brochures and pamphlets that are available for people to order free. I I have to admit, um, you know, I I feel a little bit of, of a hypocrite here because we have had on this show, for instance, uh, the uh, owner of Voodoo Brewing, uh, which just opened a uh, brew pub uh, in Homestead, uh, not too far from McKeesport here. And, you know, I, I enjoy having a drink. Um, are we sending mixed messages to kids? Uh, I'll put this question to you, Bethany. Absolutely not. I think the message is very clear. If you're under 21, it's illegal to drink. Okay. That's really the foundation. What we know from the research is that really the the brain is not mature until about 25. 
So while these these youth, these young adults, are drinking and sometimes binge drinking or dangerous drinking, their brains are not capable of making the judgments that they should be. It, it's not mature. Um, so, you know, I mean, not only from the legal standpoint, but also from the physical standpoint, drinking just isn't a good idea for under, you know, under 21. Uh, obviously, um, uh, people under the age of 21 are not supposed to be going into a licensed establishment. Um, and I know going into the wine and spirits stores uh, that your folks are very, very strict about checking IDs. Um, but they're getting the alcohol somewhere. Uh, the report says that youth who drink underage report 93.4% of them report they get their alcohol for free, almost 45% reporting that they get alcohol from their family members or their home. This implies to me that a family member, whether it's an older sibling or even a parent or an uncle or aunt, is actually giving them the alcohol. Am I correct about that? That would be the assumption, yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, do, do, I know that the, the, the survey that you have here, this Act 85 report, I, I don't think has that level of data, but sort of anecdotally, um, what do people say when they're giving an underage person alcohol? What is their excuse for that? When I've come in contact with parents that say, well, you know, I've let my daughter, my son, you know, have a drink at home, you know, I'd rather that they drank there under supervision. Um, I go back to the point that it is illegal and it's illegal for that parent to provide, that parent or uncle or aunt, to actually provide alcohol as well. And what we found, too, is that when the younger that someone starts drinking could lead to problem drinking and often does lead to problem drinking. So it's back to the brain and back to the matureness of that. So, I mean, first and foremost, it's illegal. Mm -hmm. Secondly, for the youth and for the adult to provide, but they can't handle the alcohol either. Uh, Ken, uh, any thoughts there? I mean, I, I, one of the reasons that I was interested in talking with you folks is that I know uh, winter formal season is, is well underway. Proms are coming up. Graduation parties will be coming up soon. Um, and, and I think this is something that we have heard, isn't it? That, uh, well, I'd rather them drink at home where I can keep an eye on them. Absolutely. As the parents think they're doing something, uh, keeping their children and, and their, their neighbor's children safe by saying, well, you know, we'll have the party at our house. It'll be a controlled setting. Uh, they can uh, take alcohol there. Uh, we'll take the keys. They can stay overnight and everything. Uh, but uh, if they really take a look at that whole process, you know, first and foremost, they're violating the law and breaking the law by, by serving and by allowing this drink. Secondly, if one of the students do, does decide to leave and, and, and leave the party, leave the premises and that, and something would happen, an accident or uh, a crash or whatever, you know, there's all kinds of liability issues that go on there. At the college level, uh, parents may say, well, you know, I remember when I was in college and what happened to me, and so it's just our kids experimenting, uh, building their, uh, uh, their experience uh, at the college level or the alumni who are coming back for homecoming and different events and saying, oh, I remember my glory days, and, you know, and there's some kids here who will help them out uh, and provide the alcohol. So there's a number of different reasons why they, they will uh, provide alcohol to, to the young folks. But uh, if they would really stop 
and think about what they're doing and how dangerous it can be, uh, not only to the young person, but to themselves, uh, they may uh, take a, a better stance on it. That's uh, Ken Healy. He's an alcohol education specialist with the State Liquor Control Board. Also on the line with us this morning is Bethany Gardner. She's the director of the Bureau of Alcohol Education at the Pennsylvania Liquor Control Board. Again, uh, the website, uh, Bethany? When We're going to take a quick 30-second break. When we come back, I want to ask you a little bit if there are any patterns that emerge in terms of uh, the, the spread of the problem and also talk about some of the problems that emerge uh, health-wise and social-wise for youth who are engaged in underage drinking, especially that problem drinking. You're listening to Radio 81 WEDO and TubeCityOnline.com. Stay tuned. You're listening to Two Rivers, 30 Minutes. Support comes from the readers of TubeCityOnline.com and the Tube City Almanac, and we thank them for their support. If you'd like to contribute, please visit our website, call us at 412-614-9659, or email us at TubeCityTiger at gmail.com. And we're back here on EO81, WEDO, and TubeCityOnline.com. Our guests this morning, Bethany Gardner. She's the director of the Bureau of Alcohol Education at the Pennsylvania Liquor Control Board. And Ken Healy, he's an alcohol education specialist at the Bureau of Alcohol Education. He works with many of the colleges and universities in the central and western part of the state. One thing that jumps out at me when I look at the report, and and I, I did not ask you to break down school district by school district or community by community, but... There doesn't seem to be a, a pattern to me in terms of uh, is it urban districts or rural districts that have a bigger problem. It really kind of seems to be all encompassing. It's 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 and so let me ask. I'll I'll start this question with Bethany. Is there any difference between uh, rural versus suburban versus urban in the in the I'm patterns? With the data that we get, but like you said earlier, you know, it is the fact that Pittsburgh and Philadelphia school districts are not included in the PAVE data, you know, does tend to skew the overall results. Um, but by the map, certainly there's areas, you know, we have um, some rural counties where we have no information or no data that was collected. Yeah, Clinton, they, Cameron, They couldn't Forrest. collect it. There weren't more than one school district, so they don't want to identify down to the student with the information. Sure. The very small very districts, yeah. But, I mean, you know, the, the pattern um, on the map here is is very similar, whether you're looking at Potter, Elk, McCain counties, which are very rural, uh, Washington County, which is a mix of rural and suburban, or Allegheny County, which is, is suburban and urban. Um, it, there's not really m- much difference. There's also, and I, I don't mean to single out our friends at uh, the, the universities, there's also not a lot of difference whether or not you have a large university. So if people are thinking, well, this is not a problem in our community, but it's a problem at uh, State College, or it's a problem in Indiana, or it's a problem in Slippery Rock. No, it's pretty much identical no matter where you go here if you look at the map. Right. And when you're looking at the map, if you really look, all those are, there are three colors represented. Mm-hmm. If you look at that, it's showing 52.8 to That's 75.3. The... So you're looking at a map that is showing that half to three quarters yeah. of 10th graders have tried alcohol. The lowest number, in other words, is 52.8%. Correct. Yeah, that's, that's the low end, so half of all 10th graders. And, and again, we're not talking about you had a sip of wine at Grandpa's birthday party or you had some champagne at New Year's Eve. We're talking about taking a full adult size portion of alcohol. 
Correct. Okay. Um, uh, Ken, maybe I'll ask you this question. Uh, I'll put this question to you. What What are some of the um, problems that start to emerge for underage drinkers uh, in terms of, I'm thinking in terms of health problems, deve- developmental problems, uh, education problems, and, and social problems? Oh, there's various problems can occur. Uh, obviously, some of the most important ones would be uh, their school grades, uh, their school performances, uh, if they're athletes, uh, it can affect their performance uh, on the on, on the sports teams. Uh, if they are um, health health wise, it could be uh, some sleep deprivation if they're really uh, heavily involved with with alcohol. Uh, there's the, the problems of getting sick of of alcohol poisoning and, and, and vomiting and uh, various issues along those lines. So it, it can be a very all encompassing type of problems from from health to academics to, to uh, social uh, aspects of their lives. And again, I don't want to sound like a scold because, I, you know, my wife and I have gone on wine tours. For instance, our last vacation, we went to, to wine country. Um, we've had people on this program to talk about uh, their restaurants or, or, or their breweries or whatever. So we're not saying that alcohol is a bad thing per se. What we're saying is that underage drinking is, is, is the problem here. That's absolutely right. Anyone who's 21 years of age and older and, and uses alcohol in a responsible manner, nobody has an issue or a problem with that. The problem, the issues are irresponsible use and for anyone who is under age 21 to be using and obtaining alcohol. Uh, Bethany, uh, let me ask you this question. It's very easy for us to say, just don't do it. Um, but h- how are we actually reaching uh, people, again, we mentioned, you mentioned in the report, and I mentioned this earlier in the interview, that, that yes, there's a lot of education that Ken, for instance, is doing at the college and university levels, and that definitely is a problem as, as someone who works at a college. I, I know it's definitely something that, that colleges have concerns about. But how, are you, how do you reach uh, middle school and, and, and junior high school level, which is really where these patterns start to emerge? Okay. Well, first I can just share that the report details a number of the programs that the state agencies have implemented to address the underage and dangerous drinking. They include our own grant program, which we provide nearly a million dollars, or actually a little over a million dollars per year to local organizations to combat you know, underage and dangerous drinking in their communities. We have a responsible alcohol management program where we train those who serve alcohol. The Department of Drug and Alcohol program supports students against destructive decisions. And we've also collaborated with Mothers Against Drunk Driving Especially in the last year, we have trained 78 uh, trainers to actually provide MADS Power of Parents program, which is a program that's about a 20 to 25-minute program explaining the dangers of underage drinking and actually giving parents tips on how to better parent, how to make sure that they're part of their kid's life, that they're knowing who their friends are and what they're doing. Um, And that Power of Parents program is something that can be provided directly to parents. The trainers are working with local uh, PTA and PTO organizations. They're working with coaches, with schools. You know, anywhere that they can connect with a parent is where we're providing the power of parents training. And how do you overcome, though, the perception? You know, I've I've had addiction counselors on this show as well. And how, how do you overcome the perception either that, A, to drink is to be cool, or, B, you know, we're, we're all kind of at 
first of all, at, at 14, 15 years old, we're all 10 feet high and bulletproof. Second, you know, our parents or our teachers are the dumbest people we know. Um, so, so how do you overcome the peer pressure and how do you overcome the, the tendency of any 14 or 15 year old to just tune out what an authority figure is saying? But actually, if you go back to one of your early statements that you shared, one of our bullet points on our press release yeah. was that students whose families have clear rules about the use of alcohol, less than half of them actually consume alcohol. So it does go back to the parents. It goes back to clear having so the clear rules. Parents laying out what their clear rules and expectations are for those youth. Let's take a quick break here. We'll be back on Radio 81 WEDO and TubeCityOnline.com. Tube City Online has reached a critical point in our history where we need to raise money from the public to continue providing information both online and on the radio. If you can help by making a donation, we would very much appreciate it. Go to our website, TubeCityOnline.com, and click the Donate button. And thanks for supporting independent media in the Monoc area. And we're back here on Radio 81 WEDO and TubeCityOnline.com. I have a little bit of a scratchy voice, but uh, with the help of some hot tea, we're going to get through this morning. Uh, a very interesting topic and an important topic, I think, especially as we get into prom season here in Pennsylvania. Our guest this morning, Bethany Gardner. She's the director of the Bureau of Alcohol Education at the Pennsylvania Liquor Control Board. And Ken Healy, who is an alcohol education specialist at the PLCB. Their website, lcb.state.pa.us. Uh, before we took the break, we were talking a little bit about some of the uh, educational outreaches and some of the ways um, to, to reach young people, to talk to them about underage drinking. Can you work with colleges and universities in the central and uh, western part of the state? Uh, can you talk a little bit about what your job is, what your role is in, in alcohol education? Sure. Uh, my primary emphasis is working with the universities and the colleges, not only in the central and western part, but the entire state of, okay. of Pennsylvania. and work with them on developing what we call environmental management strategies. Or in other words, you have to manage the environment around the students. If everything around a student is saying yes to drinking alcohol, then how can we expect them to say no? So it's managing that environment, and it's done in a number of ways. Uh, colleges and universities, we tell them you know, they need to provide uh, non-alcoholic alternatives to the students, make sure things like the uh, the, the, the Physical education buildings are open on Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights till 2, 3 a.m., providing uh, other activities for the students to do, get, uh, making sure that they can get involved in volunteerism and, and public service uh, uh, activities because research points out that students who get involved in those type of activities uh, do not drink as much or don't drink at all uh, when, because they're involved in those kind of activities. It's making sure there's consistent law enforcement uh, across the, the board, not only in the municipality, but on the university itself. There's a number of different uh, aspects to the environmental management that programs that uh, can help reduce uh, dangerous and underage use of alcohol. One of the big things we are working on now is trying to do a more comprehensive approach with the, uh, the, the university and the community, the municipality, which houses that university. So we are working with four uh, what we call town gown um, teams, okay, state, and we are uh, working with them to coordinate their activities and what they are doing to reduce dangerous underage use of alcohol. Making sure they are using what is called a hub and spoke model on it, where the hub is individuals made up from the university and the community, 
and that are driving the the, uh, the force to uh, reduce dangerous underage use, and then the spokes are the various entities that they need help with to make this become a reality. So a spoke may be the law enforcement. Another spoke may be working with uh, some type of a community service agency uh, in the area. So we do that. Some of the other things that are available as well, universities usually offer what's called a basics, which is brief alcohol screening intervention for college students, a, uh, a, a nationally recognized effective program, two 90-minute sessions with a student over a two-week time period, usually uh, gets them to reduce the amount of drinking that they do uh, significantly, and not just for uh, six weeks or a month, but up, upwards to five years is what wow. the national model has shown. So a lot of those type of things, assessments that the uh, universities require students to do before they come on campus, such as uh, My Student Body or Alcohol EDU, uh, is an educational piece they use as well. So the colleges are doing a lot, and again, we're working really closely on getting the town and the gown working together. That is some good news, and that is something positive. Uh, Bethany, are there any other sort of positive signs uh, in this Act 85 report? I don't want to be completely doom and gloom and negative. <laughs> well, no, I think that what we're seeing is that we, you know, one of the things we've shared is that we are collaborating with the other state agencies, and we all have the same goals. So I think the positive signs is that a lot of a lot of eyes are on the problem, and we're working together to come up with solutions. And I think the town gown project is a great example of that, where we actually get collaboration from all the different entities around a campus, the campus, the mayor, the police, you know, community programs, and address the problem locally. I think that's where we really need to start. And again, I, th- I also think the work that we're doing with parents, anything we can to get the information to the parents. What are some signs, if, if you're a parent or a grandparent, we only have a, a minute or two left here. If you're a parent or a grandparent or a teacher, what are some, some warning signs that uh, you, your, your son, daughter, granddaughter, grandson, uh, student may have a problem with alcohol? I think definitely the grades, when you're talking about schools, their grades start plummeting. When you see a change in who they're hanging around, when they become secretive, and are not, you know, engaging with the family, staying in the room, not sharing where they're going. Those are all things I think that are warning signals for parents. And how do you engage the student or the child then to talk about this? Because, you know, so many parents have a hard time talking about the sort of adult topics, and, and this is a, a very serious topic. How, what is an opening that a parent or a teacher can look for to talk to, the, to their child about this? We actually have some great materials um, that are available on our website that you've already shared, lcb.state.pa.us. We have a pizza slice and a popcorn uh, handout that actually talks. One of them says, talk to your kids, and the other one says, keep talking. And it gives some hints for how to start the conversation. You know, when you're watching TV and you see someone drinking, maybe maybe the TV show is portraying a youth or someone who appears to be under 21 drinking. Start the conversation with your child. You know, have them like, you know, do you think that's acceptable and why? And then share with them what your rules are. If you just watch it and you're accepting of that behavior, then they're going to think that that's an acceptable behavior. You know, I'm just old enough to remember uh, Dean Martin and Foster Brooks. And, and, and in fact, uh, the Andy Griffith show is now running in reruns on TV. And, you know, so often intoxication is portrayed as, as something that's comic or funny or fun. Um, but for someone who's underage especially, uh, it, it's not so funny, is it? No. Drinking reduces individuals' ability to make good decisions. It increases risky behavior, such as driving under the influence, 
unsafe sexual encounters, and even violence. So those are things that we have to remember, especially with the underage. Uh, Bethany, can you give us uh, the, the one more time slowly the website, please? Absolutely. lcb.state.pa.us. And you'll want to hit the link to alcohol education, and there you can find all of our materials and resources. I, I believe, actually, if they go to uh, a wine and spirits store, uh, there are also resources uh, oftentimes available at the larger stores there as well, too, correct? Yes, there are. Okay. Uh, in, in case someone is not feeling very Internet savvy, uh, if they want to go to a wine and spirits store or even to one of the state legislative offices uh, in the McKeesport area, they will be able to get some information. I want to thank our guests this morning. Bethany Gardner is director of the Bureau of Alcohol Education at the Pennsylvania Liquor Control Board. And Ken Healy is an alcohol education specialist at the Bureau of Alcohol Education at the Pennsylvania Liquor Control Board. We've been talking about the most recent report on underage and high-risk drinking. Thank you both very much for taking some time to talk with us this morning. Absolutely. Thank you. And I also want to throw out our 800 numbers, 800-453-PLCB. That's 800-453-7522. Thank you very much, and thank you too, Ken. Okay, thank you. It was a pleasure to be with you today. And, and, and thank you all for listening here this morning to Radio 81 WEDO and Tube City Online. So long for now. You've been listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, copyright 2015, Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Opinions expressed on this program are not those of Tube City Community Media Incorporated or WEDO Radio 810 Incorporated. Listener support makes this program possible. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible contribution, please visit our website at tubecityonline.com and click on the donate link. You can also get a free subscription to this program and other podcasts at our website using Apple's iTunes or Stitcher.com. If you've got a question or comment, we hope you'll write to us. Our address is Tube City Community Media Incorporated, P.O. Box 94, McKeesport, PA, 15134. You can email us at TubeCityTiger at gmail.com or call us at area code 412-614-9659. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at TubeCityOnline.